Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride post-game show. He's up to the near side at the 45, pushes by the wall. 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City, Byron Pringle. And the weekday home for Andy Reid, Mitch Holtis, Derek Johnson, and Patrick Mahomes. Fires it to Edelman and drops it. Intercepted off of Edelman and picked by the Honey Badger. Pick six, Tyron Matthew pick. Brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Pumpkin pie and apple pie treats are back at Andy's. Fall for them today on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Guns are long for the end zone. Wide open touchdown. Kansas City. It's a home run to Tyreek Hill. Here's Jay Binkley. Well, good morning, everybody. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Denver Broncos 22-9 tonight. To extend the uh, the longest streak ever in AFC West over one opponent, twelve straight victories over the rival, the Denver Broncos. Well, once again, it was the defense carrying the uh, carrying the carrying the load for the Kansas City Chiefs. Bottom line is this defense is now starting to win games for the Chiefs, not just one week, but week after week after week. But the offense remains stagnant; can't really get anything going. They drop passes. Eh, it's very frustrating. I get it. Tyree Kill, the ball's not catching it. Travis Kelsey with the drop. Uh, Byron Pringle with a couple drops there. It's getting frustrating because it kills drives. You know, an untimely penalty sets them back for the Kansas City Chiefs. But 12 games now in a row over the Denver Broncos. Chiefs embarked on this 11-game stretch beginning tonight against the Denver Broncos. We're in those 11 games. They've got the Raiders. They've got the Chargers. So the AFC West... You know, it can be solved here within the next 11 days, but the Chiefs defense wins the day again. How about Dirty Dan getting a pick six uh, tonight uh, after a tip by uh, Ben Neiman? But the offense, yeah, there's some issues. We'll talk about that tonight. There was a couple things, too. At the end of the half, uh, they had a minute nine, two timeouts. I don't really think they trusted themselves to go down the field in that situation. But the bottom line is this defense continues to get the job done. Last four games, 9.7 points a game given up. Last five, 11.2 points per game given up. Last six, 13.8, and that includes the Titans game. Yes, you're going to win games with this defense. Now, I've said all along, hey, I think this offense is ready to break out. Well, it's not going to break out if you're not catching the football. If you're not catching the football and being more careful with it, your drives are going to stall. It's not going to happen. So maybe I was hoping for a little bit more after a bye week to correct some of those errors. Uh, Denver was playing one high safety at times tonight, not two high safety, but they still failed to take advantage of it. Regardless, Andy Reid goes to 20-3 and in the regular season after the bye week is continually the Kansas City Chiefs win after the bye week. Going to do things a little bit differently tonight because he needs to go to bed because he's got a show here in uh, a little less than six hours. He's uh, the uh, sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs and co-host Fesco in the morning. We'll go out to the Silverstein Ice Center hotline right now and talk to the Chiefs sideline reporter, Josh Klingler. Good morning, Kling. <laughs> it is good morning, isn't it? We're just it we're is. just past the bewitching hour. It is. You know what, Kling? It is. Uh, you're missing the party at the Waffle House. And so am I. <laughs> good place to Yes, you are too. You are too. But yeah, yeah no, I think I think there's plenty of people at Waffle House. There's still plenty of people on the streets uh, making their way home from the stadium. I'll tell you that. Well, Clean, it's one of those games, once again, you know, here's the thing. 
And it's it's okay to look at this team in a nutshell. Right now, nobody's got more wins than the Chiefs in the AFC. New England, obviously, with the win over uh, Buffalo tomorrow, can get to nine wins. The bottom line is the defense is winning games. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing to have your defense nope. playing like this this time of year. Let your offense kind of figure the problems out. I mean, I look at the offense, and I think of the stalls sometimes, and then I think last week with the ball going off Travis Kelsey becoming an interception – if they would just clean those things up, I'd like to see what a game would do for this offense. I mean, how far away are they? I yep. don't know, but I, I think those things are drive killers for this team. Yeah, and they were frustrated on the sidelines offensively again tonight. Even when they um, uh, scored the field goal in the in the, the second half when um, Travis Kelsey had an uh, illegal um, illegal shift, I guess was the call, ended up being the call on Kelsey and uh, that that offense walked off the field, and they were awfully frustrated as to what was going on. And I, I think you know Patrick Mahomes said it after the game, you know, happy to be winning games, but they know they can play a whole lot better uh, offensively. And so um, you, you wait for it to be unlocked at some point in time. But uh, they were, you know, and, and aside from the first scripted drive, I mean, the scripted drives have been great. They've been they've been fine to start games. They just haven't figured out a way to sustain it, and that's been frustrating. Interesting, though, 12 wins in this series, Bink, yeah. uh, straight over the Broncos, and the uh, the Chiefs are plus 22 turnover margin in these games, and it came down to, obviously, turnovers uh, in in tonight's game, but uh, the, the Broncos have now given it away, I think, 31 times over that stretch as well, so the Chiefs have done a really good job of winning uh, and thumping the turnover battle in this in this series to keep that keep that streak alive. Yeah, I mean, you look at the statistics and you think, all right, Denver <laughs> Denver moved the ball well. They just didn't score. They just bend but not break, I'm including that 20-play uh, drive they have that didn't have any points on the board. Take a look at this, Kling. Hill and Kelsey, 5 for 59 tonight on 13 targets. Clyde and Darrell, 6 catches, 88 yards on just 6 targets. No, I'm not saying Clyde and Darrell are better than Hill and Kelsey. I'm just saying... It's that that is just a sign of what defenses are giving the Chiefs. And that stuff there works, man. They may not want to do it. It's not going to look pretty, but obviously, you know, throwing to the running backs had success tonight. Yeah, absolutely did. And those are the, you know, what option are those, right? Um, I mean, screens are one thing, but when you're looking down the field and you're going through your progression and you have to find the the running back, I think one of the big Daryl Williams plays was 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 massive where – you know, Mahomes is kind of scrambling out of trouble, and and Williams just releases down the field and shakes free and gets what I guess it was against a 34-yard reception at that point in time. So um, he's done a really nice job in the in the, in the past game, and yeah, it was I mean, it's again frustrating night. You hate to you hate to you know kind of look at the offense and go, what's going on with the offense? Because the defense is playing so great and so smart and and so uh, um, you know uh, the confidence level one through however many guys are playing on the defense right now has got to be through the roof. I mean, you got you got Dan Sorensen and Ben Neiman. Yeah, how about uh, that? Probably two of the most maligned Chiefs defenders tonight that were part of the or uh, this season, part of the the biggest play of the uh of the game tonight. So, you're continuing to stack um confidence in this in this defense player to player with their performances. So, uh, ride the, continue to ride the defense. It's been, you know, they're the reason this winning streak is is underway and you just figure at some point in time, you're going to break through 
offensively and look a little bit more like you did in in previous years. But but if not, you got defense, you got special teams. They were making plays again tonight too, um, and 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 those two phases certainly are playing with a bunch of confidence, even if the offense is not. No, no kidding. I mean, the bottom line is they're winning games in this league. When you see some crazy losses, they go. By the way, congratulations on Survivor League cling, but. Uh, but the uh, but these crazy losses. The, speaking of Survivor League claim that you won, you know they're just crazy losses all up and down. I mean, you had consistency this year, but that's the way this NFL has gone. I mean, you may look good one week and then bad the next. The Chiefs have avoided that. What's been crazy about this year? I mean, I pr- I got kind of I could just pick every week. I don't know what what the what the deal. Where do I pick up that trophy? By the way, is that it's is in that, the mail? We Barber's? decided it. We did, well. Is it Barber? Um, he destroyed it. So you will not get that yeah, one. Probably. We're going to have another one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were tired at the. I just, usually see, I usually see him at the game. I didn't, I didn't catch him tonight. So I was, I was going to try to rub yeah, it he's in pissed. Uh, on him that, uh, but no, I, I, it's, it's just different bank. This, this, you know, we, we have to almost kind of flush the last couple of seasons and just realize, Hey, uh, don't argue with the way that they're, they're winning games. I mean, this looks more, this looks more like Marty ball, right? <laughs> Where the offense is kind of a struggle. You're, uh, you're, you're fighting your running backs, uh, either running the football in a particular game or uh, today as much throwing out of the backfield as anything. And then you're riding, you know, defense and, and special teams. And, um, you know, Butker's been, uh, been solid, those long field goals, especially, uh, one missed extra point, obviously, but, and then uh, the field position the punter's given you for most of the year, the coverage teams, which is not going to draw a lot of headlines. I get it. But their coverage teams have been terrific um, this year on, on special teams. And so uh, they're doing things in other areas. It just looks a little different. We expected it to be a lot of offense and, and then everybody else along for the ride. And it's really been a defense and special teams, certainly, that led to this victory again tonight. Hey, Kling, how was the significant wind? Because it appears it actually was significant. Yeah, it it really was because it was just it was just so weird. Top of the stadium, uh, the wind's blowing one direction, and then uh, inside the stadium, it's just kind of swirling around. And uh, especially in that fifty-six yard field goal, I'm like, I, it was just hard to tell where the 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 one he banked in. It was just hard to tell where the wind was coming from. It looked like it was blowing straight against him up if, as the ball got up high, and then down low it was probably blowing a little bit, you know, with his back, and so. Um, yeah, it was it was a little bit strange. I didn't think it affected Mahomes as much. Um, Bridgewater wearing the gloves. I think he had a few balls that kind of floated on him. I thought tonight, um, Mahomes was was not great in the accuracy department, and he was I know kind of admitting that ball placement is how he mentioned it. And I I, I think he was exactly on point with that. I don't know if it was necessarily the wind in the in the passing game, but it, it certainly affected things in the uh, in the special teams games and the and the and the kickers. All right, Kling, real quick before uh, just a few things, I'm going to ask you what you saw on that. Starting with number one, is that fire in the parking lot out? Because I've been seeing the uh, videos of that. Did you see it? Yeah, I didn't see that. I, okay. I, I saw the videos, too, when I when I was walking to my car. and I was kind of looking around. I, don't, I couldn't tell where it was at. No? I assume that, that that has been put out. The parking lot was kind of pretty clear by the time uh, I left the stadium. Well, so a little, little fire with this. Ca- that's the case. Yeah, Wasn't hopefully. A little fire Bronco with this. Bronco could put it out. It could be. All right, here, this thing. Into the first half, Chiefs at the minute nine, two timeouts. Mm-hmm. Were you a little bit surprised mm-hmm. they didn't try to push the ball? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think if they busted maybe the first play, then you might have saw them be a little bit more aggressive. But the first play kind of got bottled up, and then I think that they kind of reverted. Like, hey, they're going to get the we're going to get the ball back to start the second half. Let's not 
you know, force anything that might not be there. Um, you know, a lot of times it takes a first down to 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 kind of make your decision whether or not you're going to go for it or not. And I think when once they got bottled up on that first play, uh, it didn't look like that they were going to be very aggressive. But yeah, I was I was kind of surprised. You know, he usually likes you know to get that get that two for one essentially, two possessions back to back. And so yeah, it was a little bit surprising that they didn't they didn't go for it at that stage. Like played Madden, scored the other half, get the ball back. All right, two penalties. Kling that I just head scratches to me. The Hitchens block where he, he you know, he's just a, you know, blindside block. No, they both saw each other. It was not like a typical blindside block you see when Hitchens' head was completely turned around. That baffled me because that looked legal. Mm-hmm. And also Mahomes with the false start, which you watch if you watch any NFL game, you see quarterbacks moving around. They're supposed to look straight ahead. But they don't often do it, but they said he jerked his hands up. To me, that was real ticky-tack to call that on Mahomes because every quarterback does it. Well, yeah, and I, th- I also thought Mahomes thought that they had jumped because there was a defensive lineman that, that, that jumped, and I, I thought that he was just kind of reacting to that and, and wanted the quick snap so they'd get the free play. And so, yeah, he was really surprised. I, I did hear him say, I'm going to see what I did there because, yeah, quarterbacks do that all the time. I don't know. I don't know how you called that one on this particular go and then and then the Hitchens play well you know we got Dane and Hughes up in the booth um you know special teamer in his days with the Chiefs I mean he was just flying uh I was lucky I was I was downstairs because it sounded like he was just destroying our booth during one of the, the timeout <laughs> after that because he was just so pumped to see he's like this is back this is back old school when you used to take people's heads off on special teams he just absolutely loved it and so uh, so uh, I know Danon was Danon was among those going come on that's what you're supposed to do on spe- uh, or, or on uh, you know special teams or turnovers or that type of thing you got to look for someone to go uh, to go drill and so that one was yeah that one's a little baffling and they showed the replay several times. The crowd uh, certainly was not in agreement. It was a hard hit, yes, but uh, it didn't look like that it was one that was would warrant a, a, no. a flag. It was just it was just a hard hit. There was no blind sight about it. Hitchens is staring right at him. I mean, it's, right. It's not like you think of crackback blocks when the guy's not looking around. Though they were looking at each other, regardless. Yeah, he just got wrecked. <laughs> it was an Iowa guy too, so in Hitchens. So uh, I can understand uh, Danon's displeasure. Kling, uh, you got a show here in a couple of hours. Go get some rest. Thanks for joining us tonight, my friend. Sounds good. Good night. There you go, Josh Klingler, right there, sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs and co-host of Fesco in the morning. By the way, we're going to be here for the next uh, couple of hours for just a little while here. Nine one three five seven six seven six ten is the Silverstein hotline. Also, J Southland Toe Service text line, 913-576-7610. But you're welcome to call anytime you want. We'll, t- we'll take your call to react to this. What do you think of the Chiefs' chances right now? The number one seed very much in play. New England's 8-4. and four, Kansas City's 8-4. and four. I think New England has become that team. You look at this AFC, I think it's New England and Kansas City right now. Yes, I think Kansas City's offense will, will come around. I, I keep saying that, I know. But I looked at that Raiders game and what happened. I just see so many close things. that They just catch the football. Those things are drive killers by dropping the football for the Kansas City Chiefs. But this defense playing like this, not letting another team into the end zone like they're doing, this is what wins football games. I mean, they've only given up 39 points now in the last four games. 9.75 points a game. Matter of fact, they've got five straight games of holding opponents to less than 20 points. No other team has four.
That's how good this defense is playing at this point. This defense, and whether we want to believe it or not because of the way they started, but it's the way they're finishing now. And so many people that have followed Spagnola's career throughout, you know, they talk about this. You know, November, December, his defenses just look different. Well, there's five games left for the Kansas City Chiefs. And this defense is playing better than we thought it was, and the offense is playing worse than we thought it was at this point. It's Marty Ball with a good quarterback, a great quarterback. That's what it is. And at some point, things are going to come around that hopefully fix it out. I mean, can they win games like this? Yes, because they are. That's the question. Can they win games like this? And the answer is unequivocally, yes, they can because they're doing it. When no team wants to make a run at the AFC, look at the Bengals. They show flashes, then they revert to who they are, the Bengals. The Chargers look like they, they look like world beaters today. Well, it was a close game there where they were the they had a 24 to nothing lead. The Bengals come down and make it 24 to 22. But then they got a turnover and found a way to kind of ice that game away. But they lost to Denver Broncos the week before. The Ravens have had the football gods smiling on them pretty much all season long, just winning these late, close games. Well, it's starting to come back to earth for them now. They lose today. In Kansas City, sitting at 8-4, New England's still the number one seed right now in the AFC because they win the tiebreaker over the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Titans based on best winning percentage in conference games. Tennessee stays ahead of the Chiefs, of course, because of the tiebreaker in the head-to-head. The Ravens are the third seed ahead of Kansas City because of head-to-head. So now the head-to-head is starting to come into play for the Kansas City Chiefs. But make no mistake about it, this division's open. And New England plays Buffalo tomorrow night. That'll be an interesting game. Because right now the Buffalo Bills sit as the fifth seed. They're at home. And keep this in mind, they did sweep the Patriots last year. But it's a different Patriots team than it is this year. But before that, with Tom Brady, they had gone on a stretch in 35 games. The Patriots had won 31 of them. They had owned the Buffalo Bills. So pretty interesting game to determine the AFC, uh, kind of the picture tomorrow night with the Bills and the Patriots and where the Chiefs fall in with that picture. But right now, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Titans, the Patriots, all 8-4. and four. The Patriots are a team getting better. The Chiefs are a team getting better, too, because this defense, unequivocally, when you would think about the Titans, without Derrick Henry, this team's been hurting, man. The Ravens, I don't know what's going on with Lamar Jackson. He's not playing the same. But the Chiefs are getting better. The Ravens are spinning their wheels. The Titans are spinning their wheels at this point. Patriots, Chiefs, they're getting better. You know what? Best two coaches in the NFL, Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. No mystery why. Let's go to the phone lines and talk to you. 913-576-7610. Let's go to Shawnee and talk to Richard. What's up, Richard? Well, I, how you doing, Jay? Love your show. Oh, thanks, Richard. I, uh, Chiefs fans need not worry about the offense anymore. They'll be back next week. I hope. Because I was officially uh, knocked out of the fantasy football league playoff bid today. Oh. And I have I have Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, who I've wanted for two years. I get both of them. And uh, you saw what happened tonight. Well, the, the, the weird thing about it is, and I brought the stat up to Kling, you know, Hill and Kelsey – Combined for five catches, 59 yards on 13 targets. Clyde and Darrell, six for 88 yards on six targets. You're not expecting to win games like this. And in, in, in Denver had more yards, they had more passing yards, more rushing yards, everything, except the final score. The defense yep. bend, but they didn't break. This made me crazy. 
for instance, the Giants game. Remember the Giants game? Oh, yeah. One, one pass. They're playing two deep safeties all year on the Chiefs, like Tampa did in the Super Bowl. So here we go. So what would be wide open when you have two deep safeties? A pass over the middle, underneath. Who's the best tight end in football? Travis Kelsey. Five years. So what do they do against the Giants? They throw one pass to him in the first half. I mean, you have the best tight end in my lifetime I've seen for five years. And how many passes they throw to him tonight? Five? Well, the bottom line is you knew something like this was going to happen. I mean, Denver geared up for this. They've geared up for this moment. That's why they drafted Patrick Sertan. That's why they brought in Darby and Fuller and all these guys. They geared up to stop the Chiefs. And Vic Fangio, you know, despite, uh, and I'll get into Fangio and Bridgewater and what the Denver Broncos are, but scoring defense, this is the third best defense in the league points against the Denver Broncos. Of all the things they do, they do scheme for your weapons. It reminds me of Belichick in a way that they try to take certain weapons away. Well, they did, and they still lost, and that's got to be a major problem for them. Yeah, yeah, but the Chiefs will be fine. I'm out of the I'm out of the bed as of tonight, so don't worry about it, Chiefs fans. It's all good from here on. Well, I, I hope against, so. I was up against I was up against Williams tonight for Denver. Uh, that in the second half, it was set up perfect for him to pad his stats over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> and he did too. 100 yards on the ground, 75 <laughs> yards did. through I, the I, air. You guys are all into this. I, I'm up against Williams. I'm up. I Travis Kelsey. Okay. Pat Mahomes, okay. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree, that's cool. Hey, man, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, those fantasy losses are tough, man. I get it. I get it. I get it. The fantasy losses are tough. Everybody has to deal with them. But Harrison Butker tonight, he did have a 56-yarder. It's his fifth 50-plus-yard field goal made this season, setting a new franchise record for the most 50-yard field goals in a single season. He has 18 50-yard field goals now, the second most in franchise history, which – is impressive considering that, quote, significant win. Remember, Gino, when he talked about the significant win? It was swirling, but how about him? The doinker got it in, man. It doesn't matter how, how that goes as long as it goes in, right? And it looked like a couple of me adjusted there, but Bucker was nails tonight. Special teams was great tonight. Defense certainly great tonight, keeping teams out of the end zone. So at least two-thirds of the team was there, and the offense got just enough done that they needed to do. But regardless, they still won. It's their 12th straight victory over the Denver Broncos, who have looked good. They've looked better recently. They blew that game against the Eagles. That's the game where Teddy Bridgewater played Olay and didn't want to make a tackle on the uh, on a, on, a, on a, a turnover that ended up being a touchdown. They beat the hell out of the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas, and then they spanked the Chargers last week. So make no mistake about it, Denver was a good football team. They had a winning record. Not a great football team, but a decent football team. The Chiefs beat tonight. You know, when some of these wins, you know, when the Chiefs beat Washington, they're like, well, it was just Washington. Well, that same Washington team beat the Bucs. That same Washington team won the day over the Raiders. Let's go to phones once again, 913-576-7610. We'll talk to Pete Sweeney the next segment. Let's go to Lone Jack and talk to Neil. What's up, Neil? What's up, brother? How are you? When the defense gives up that many yards rushing, if they let up 20-something points and we were nail-biting it, then, yeah, I'd be really pissed. It's not great. Denver just ran the clock out. It's not great, but, hey, when they give up nine points, you can't complain. The defense nope. is lights out tonight except for the yards given up. God bless them. If it wasn't for them, we might not have done well in this game. The offense, 
you know, if he just didn't have that one turnover with Tyreek, I'd be perfectly happy. But, you know, hey, win is a win. It's a beautiful thing. S-A-N-G-O and loser is your name. Uh, um, what else can I say, Jay? I don't know. I mean, that, that call against Hitchens was, oh, man, if I could curse, man, if I could curse. That was just the most ridiculous call I've ever seen in my entire life. And would you believe it, Jay? Just a few weeks ago, brother, just a few short weeks ago, I was calling you and talking about Buffalo's schedule, and you were saying, no, no, it's, it's too easy. But we're still in it, baby. We still got a chance at the one seed. It's phenomenal. I hate to say this, but you got to say it, I guess. Let's go Buffalo tomorrow night, take care of them, and then split that series. New England gets the next one, and we are good. Jay, well, God bless you, man. Have a great night. You do. Yeah, keep in mind, they still have to go to New England, so split one of them. But the, the the streak with the Chiefs in Denver, and I mean, 12 straight versus Denver, which is impressive. But the NFL record for most consecutive victories versus one opponent since 1970, the record's actually Miami versus Buffalo 20 times between 1970 and 79. San Francisco and the Rams, 17. New England versus Buffalo, 15 straight. Miami versus Indy, 14 straight. Dallas versus Arizona, 13 straight. The 12 straight versus uh, the Denver Broncos. Starting to get into that historic uh, type of category. But regardless, Chiefs get to win the night over the Denver Broncos, 22-9. Five games left for the Chiefs to kind of clean things up before they hit the postseason. Can they make a run at number one seed? Yes, they 100% can. We'll talk to Pete Sweeney when we come back. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Pumpkin pie and apple pie treats are back at Andy's. Fall for them today. Tune in Mondays at 730 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It's the play of the game. At the 40, 45, Hardman in midfield, 45, 40, two blocks, 30, 25, jet fuel. is taken into the end zone. Corner pattern near side. Kelsey reaches up and makes the grab. Touchdown, Kansas City. Brought to you by Mazarese Jewelry. For four generations, bringing the world's most distinct jewelry to Kansas City. Snap to Bridgewater. Back to throw against the pocket. Deflected, intercepted. Intercepted by Sorensen at the 40. He's at the 50 and breaks a tackle. Sorensen at the 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Kansas City. The second consecutive year that Dirty Dan Sorensen has had a pick six against the Broncos. And that just put the game completely out of reach. 75 yards by Dirty Dan. Play of the game brought to you by Mazarese Jewelry for four generations, bringing the world's most distinct jewelry to Kansas City. Now it's time to talk to the editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com, Pete Sweeney. You can hear him 8 o'clock on Tuesdays, 3 o'clock on Wednesdays, and also 6 o'clock on Wednesdays with Arrowhead Pride Radio. Good evening, or good morning, Pete. Yeah, good morning to you, Jay. Nice nice pick for the, the play of the game there. I, I've been calling him divisional, Dan, and... Look, he's all right, I, I think, as a reserve safety. We realize that now. Once he's out of the starting position, I, I think we actually like what Dan can do for the team. Whenever it's a divisional round game or whenever it's a division game, period, 
He seems to play like an all-pro, so divisional Dan. I've had enough of Dirty Dan. I'm going divisional Dan. But isn't it fitting, though, Pete, the way this defense is playing there right now? Why do I not bid Neiman? Why did Dan Sorensen? I mean, they're giving up less than 10 points a game in the last four. So, you know, why why not Dirty Dan? Why can't he be part of this resurgence? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make sense. But, hey, this defense now, Pete, we're talking about the defense and having confidence and not the offense. Not where we thought we'd be this time of year. But it is what it is. Yep. Um, I, you know, they, they do say, right, that the defense wins championships. Um, and so maybe they can get it done defense first. I tend to think, you know, by the AFC tournament starting, they, they have to write the ship offensively. I, I just, I, I know we, we're going to see about the seeding, and I understand that they're very much in the mix considering, you know, one of these two AFC East teams will get a loss. Tomorrow night, you know, we, we assume, and then who knows if the other one can get a loss the next time they meet, and then all of a sudden the Chiefs could be in that mix for the bye. But no matter if you have the bye or not, you're going to eventually run into an offense in the playoffs that is going to be able to put the pressure on your offense to have it figured out. And so I think there's still time here. The defense and the special team units playing as well as they are, if you had to pick one of them that, like, gave you some confidence, it would, it would be picking those units because – Again, I feel like we're saying the same thing every week, but you feel like at some point the offense will figure it out. Uh, but here the Chiefs, you know, for as bad as the offense is playing, they, they have everything right in front of them. They're 8-4. and four. The bye week is still a possibility for them, and who thought that that could be the case, which is some of the struggles that we've seen on the offensive side of the football all year. Do you think, it's a, do you think the offense has fundamental problems, Pete, or do you see a lot of time with these drops, the tipped interceptions that are killing drives? Like if they – if they stop that stuff and able to catch the football, which this year they've had a lot of drops, let's face it, if they're able to kind of stop some of that, they, they've turned the turnover thing around, right? They, they're, they're flipping that around from the turnovers they had because at least they're winning the turnover battle. Like tonight, they won it 3-1. to one. With catches, like, could they return to form like they had against the Raiders a couple weeks ago? I think the inefficiency is, is killing them. I mean, because anytime they start to feel like maybe – they could get something going or it might be a touchdown drive. They have a careless mistake that's either a fumble or one of these drops or, you know, the pop-up style interceptions that happened with Tyreek Hill earlier tonight. And it doesn't allow your offense to get in a groove. Like a lot of football, I mean, as you see, is momentum. I mean, I don't know how many of our listeners right now, for example, saw the Bengals and the, the Chargers game earlier today. All of a sudden, it seemed like the Bengals were going to win the game until Joe Mixon fumbles the ball and the whole thing unravels there. And so I just don't think the Chiefs have really given themselves a a good opportunity to to get the offense in the groove. And, you know, we have seen it so often in Kansas City. Once the offense kind of gets going, it could be 21 points in in the blink of an eye. We just haven't seen that this year because, again, I, I just think you're seeing them so often shoot themselves in the foot. It's... It's what Eric Bieniemy said a few weeks ago, and it really hasn't changed. It's the Kansas City Chiefs kicking the Kansas City Chiefs' ass offensively, and until you see that change, it is going to be what it is. Yeah, I think Tyron Matthews said something too about the, after the game. Like, you know, teams are coming in and they're they're still fearful of the offense. I mean, they still respect the offense so much, and that's the one thing about the Chiefs, Pete. The minute the teams look at the Chiefs, they think, all right, they're winning with their defense. We need to stay, pay more attention to that. Well, the minute that they let the gas off on the offense with the defense, that's when the offense could make them, make them pay at any point. You see what I'm saying? Like if, if they come in 
and look at the Chiefs' recent struggles on offense, and they take their foot off the gas, that's when things can change within a blink of an eye against this team. Well, what's interesting is the Chiefs have the Raiders you know, next week, and that's the team really that you look at that game, and that's when they have the most success. So, it's, you know, the first step and the next step here will be repeating that, you know, in this next game. Um, and then, you know, what you got to do is, is build on that against the, the L.A. Chargers. Don't forget the Chargers will have a tiebreaker with you uh, if you end up having the same record because they were able to get that first game. So the Chargers keep playing well. and They don't have a tough of opponent next week. I believe it's the New York Giants. So you'd expect them to get that win. Um, and if the Chiefs can take care of business and, and hopefully the offense looks like it did the last time they play the Raiders, you're looking at a pretty big showdown for Thursday night football. And, man, if you could get – you've got the first leg of these division games. We talked about it this week, Jay. you got the first leg. If you can get this next leg, which I think right now we'd all say the Chiefs are about team and the Raiders, you expect that. Uh, and then you can get that game on Thursday night football. You're going to feel very, very confident about – where this team is going, regardless of if they can manage to to come back and get the one one seed, or maybe not even maybe maybe not, you know. But I, I think you'll be feeling very good about this football team. Absolutely, this eleven game stretch that started tonight, as we look at this game this this uh, season in, in a bit of chunks in, in three game stretches. Pete, what'd you make at the end of the first half? Because it, it it was perfect for me because if you play Madden a lot, you score at the end of the half, you get the ball back. Yeah. Denver won the toss. They take the football. The Chiefs a minute nine on the clock. It's this offense, Patrick Mahomes, two timeouts, but yet they just kind of run the clock out, even though they didn't run the clock out, had the punt. Well, Alex Okafor almost made a pay with the pick six, but were you a little bit surprised the way they handled that? Is it because they weren't 100% trusting the offense to go down the field like they have in the past? I try to keep it real, I, and, and I'll tell you this, man. Like, I, I think it's a great thing that the Chiefs are eight and four. It's a great thing that they were able to get the win. It's amazing that they've won five in a row. I think they've shown some real grit and wherewithal in the fact that they've been able to do that. Do it. That to me was my grandest takeaway of the night, in the sense that it's such a sign of the times where the Chiefs' offense has gone. Because how often in previous years would we say in that position? Man, there's a minute nine on the clock. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have two timeouts. This team's going to score a touchdown before the half, and then they're going to get it back, right? And you almost have that confidence. There was almost a cockiness to it. And then you see them, and they run the football. And the opposing team is calling timeouts and almost daring you to throw it, and you're still not. And and it's just such a, a change from where the offense was. And so... Man, everything is great uh, when, it, when it comes to the record and, and what you've been able to do uh, whole team-wise and, and putting yourself back in, in good position. But that is such a, I, I think, lack of confidence from the coaching staff in their own offense. They're just saying, okay, we just need to get to the locker. We already are built upon our lead. That wasn't the Chiefs of old. That wasn't the Legion of Zoom. And so we're just so far from that. And it's, it's asking yourself the question and looking yourself in the mirror, are we a championship team? If we're a defensive team, and I, I think the defense is good, but is it that good? I don't really know if we know. And so I, I just need to see more from this team uh, because it is championship or bust in Kansas City. That's the, the point of where your franchise is. And, and that moment stuck out to me, again, um, the biggest takeaway when it comes to this season out of tonight for me. What was the worst call, the one on Hitchens with the blindside block <laughs> or Mahomes' false start? I could see the Hitchens one, and I think they they called it wrong. 
I, I think you, you probably feel better about that being like a defenseless receiver. It looked like it probably could have passed for some kind of penalty. I didn't agree with the penalty they called with it being blindside, but it, it looked like it could have been something else. Uh, the, the, the false start was, was ludicrous. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, he, he, he did a better job than Tommy Townsend did this week of, of complaining about refs. He basically said he'll have to go look at it. He didn't know why he got, got called for that. Uh, I, I thought the false start was way more ridiculous than what was the, the penalty on Hitchens. What they called was wrong against Hitchens. I, I would agree with that, though. Final thing, Pete, uh, looking at the AFC, it, this, this has kind of been an interesting run. I've kind of felt like the uh, Ravens, the football gods, have been smiling on them pretty much all season <laughs> except for that first game against the Raiders where they had these games just kind of handed to them. And then today they, they lose a game that – that they they've been winning these. The football guys have been shining on them. They're not getting better. The Patriots are the team getting better. The Titans going in reverse. The Ravens going in reverse. Is it New England and Kansas City right now in the AFC? Those are the two teams to worry about. Well, as of as of this morning slash tonight, I, I think yes. Now the Buffalo Bills can change that conversation with their game tomorrow. Um, you know, I, I expect it to be a pretty good game. Once I recuperate from not sleeping as that much tonight, uh, I'll get a nap in tomorrow afternoon. I'm really looking forward to this Sunday night football game. And the Buffalo Bills can really change the narrative. If they go out and dominate and win this game, they could become that team all of a sudden. But I don't expect that. I really expect the England Patriots to win. They've shown it over the last couple of weeks. They're playing really good football. And I agree. They are getting better, whereas the Buffalo Bills come off a little bit flukier to me. i probably put them at number three. In the conference, I don't know what you would do with the Patriots and Chiefs, maybe 1A, 1B at this point. Completely agree about the Tennessee Titans. Completely agree about the Baltimore Ravens. I was able to hear what Neil and Lone Jack were saying about the conference coming back to them. I fully expect the Ravens and the Titans to have at least five losses. So if the Chiefs could continue just winning games, they should be ahead of those teams. It's just a matter of will the Buffalo Bills or the New England Patriots both get to the five losses, and the beauty of that is they play each other. So one will get that loss tomorrow, and then two weeks from now, Chiefs fans will be rooting for that other team if they're, they're still one of them uh, with four losses after that in-between week. And so, uh, yeah, to me, I, I, I'm, I'm putting the Chiefs with the Patriots right now. I do expect the Patriots to win uh, tomorrow, but we'll see. That's the beauty of it. I'm, I'm excited to watch that game. You, you know, Pete, with Baltimore, you know, you look at these games, and, you know, they, they found a way to lose at the end, but – it's probably a good thing too that they ended up beating the Colts when they had that, the uh, Colts had that 19 point lead in the third quarter because I'm telling you, man, there, there's something about this Colts team. Now, listen, they've been finding ways to lose. They've probably blown three games they should have won, but you know when you're talking about dangerous teams, I think they actually could be a dangerous team. I just don't know if their record is going to let them because right now they're seven and six in the ninth seed. I think they're playing a lot better than that, but they are what they are. Yeah, I, I, I got to see them get into the postseason first before I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think Carson Wentz is surprising a lot of people, including myself. I was very easy at the beginning of the year, like Carson Wentz to me was done. I, I thought he was maybe going to be a backup quarterback at best, and he's really proving a lot of people wrong right now. And I, yeah. I think Jonathan Taylor helps with that. That's a team that's not really afraid to run the football. They got some good younger receivers. I really like the Pittman kid. You know, they could turn it on, and we'll see if they make the postseason. One thing we got to keep in mind is wild card team or not, any team that's in the dance can make a run. And I think we really learned that last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and how they were playing down the stretch. And, look, you know, the Chiefs are on a roll right now when it comes to winning football games. They just got to get the offense right. 
Uh, why, why not the Chiefs if they were able to kind of shore this all up? But I think we do need to see some of that in these closing games as we get down now to the final stretch. Good stuff. Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Thanks, Pete. All right, smell you later, Jeff. And, of course, he does that. Well, he does it after wins. Why not? Why not? But, yeah, I mean, look at these teams like the Titans. Do you fear them anymore? I mean, clearly they're a different team when they have Derrick Henry back there. I think we can agree on that. The Ravens have been winning these games because, like I said, the football gods have been shining on them. But luck, as I've said, is runs out at some point. We're not going to win those games. And then if you do get to the postseason, do you have flaws? I look at the teams that get better. And right now this defense is getting better. And at this point in the season, I would have thought it was the offense, which let's be honest, there's five games left. If the Chiefs get this offense back rolling to where it was with the way this defense is playing, there's no scarier team in the NFL. And I know the Cardinals have a better record, and the Packers do as well when they have Aaron Rodgers. But there'd be no team as scary in the NFL as the Kansas City Chiefs. With the way the defense is playing, and if the offense get back to being what the Kansas City Chiefs offense is, with all that confidence and swagger they did have, they'd be difficult to beat. 913-576-7610 is the phone number. Andy Reid, of course, is fifth all-time in coaching wins, regular season and postseason spoke after the game about tonight, including giving an injury update, which sounds like the Chiefs had pretty good luck on the injury front. Here's head coach Andy Reid. As far as the injuries go, really, uh, Chris Lamons is uh, the only one here at his left ankle. So, um, and he's a tough kid, man. He did it on the opening kickoff. He'll work his way back through that. Uh, the fans were incredible uh, today, tonight. Um, today, I mean, I got here relatively early in the morning, and that line was already starting for uh, 12 hours in advance. And uh, they're, they're, they're an amazing bunch, and we appreciate every bit of that. Um, listen, uh, defense, again, had a, had a nice game here. I mean, it was beautiful to watch. And the pressure we put on the Teddy and, and then the way we were able to sustain uh, against a run game. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, a good, they're obviously a good football team. Vic Fangio is a heck of a football coach. Offensively, <clears throat> we did some good things, and then we had uh, probably too many drops and, and penalties in there. And Listen, that's my responsibility. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll get that straightened out. Um, the, the turnovers uh, on, from the defensive side, we ended up with nine points off of that. And so and it was good to see Dan. You know, Dan, a few weeks ago, I was sitting in here, and um, everybody wanted him gone. And, um, and this is what's so great about this game. I mean, all of a sudden, uh, he's back and performing. His last two games have been beautiful things to watch there. Um, Bucker sets a record for the most 50-yard uh, uh, field goals. Um, and um, my hat goes off to him. I got to work with him on the extra points, but the 50-yard field goals, he's up spot on. So we take care of that as we go here. But um, all in all, tough to win in this league. And uh, to have that opportunity against a good football team, uh, we feel we feel good about ourselves for, for a minute here. And it's uh, until we get ourselves ready for uh, for the Raiders come Tuesday. So, anyways, with that time, yours. Coach Melvin, it looks like you made a couple of adjustments on defense. Melvin Ingram drew a start tonight. Uh, how much is he going to be a factor as a starter going forward? Yeah, so... Um, 
you know, we look at him as, he, as if he's a star, but we rotate all those guys. So it was good to get him in there and get him some extended snaps. And, you know, he, he played his tail off. So he did a nice job. I thought that whole front did a nice job. Any with the maybe the decision at the end of the first half, but there were times where the uprights were like moving with the wind. I'm just how big of a factor was that just in the game in general and maybe decisions that came out? Yeah, they were moving and they had confetti or whatever it was hanging from them. I mean, it was kind of crazy, but um, off of the net there. So, um, but I didn't, that part I didn't, it moved the right way on the one, so I was good with that. <laughs> um, you know, and Buckers, he's got a strong leg. So, I mean, we trust him from the, those different depths. The wind was blowing in that direction. So, we were good good to go with the longer run there. Coach, go ahead. Finish up. Finish up. Well, I was just going to ask you, too, about the, the drops. I know you say you got to take care of it. It's like every week, right? Like, yeah. a lot of times it's said it's a lack of focus. I'm just wondering if you see that. Yeah, you know, it's uh, – I, I don't think that – I don't think that's it. But um, – I would tell you, on the other hand, we got to look at all the way into the tuck. So we've we got to make sure we do that. So um, and, and take care of those. Tip balls become important uh, problems, and and drops become a problem. So uh, and we'll keep working on it until we get it right. So if I'm saying it every week, we're gonna keep working on it. Andy, you used the term uh, it was beautiful to watch about the defense, and this has been kind of percolating for a while, but do you have a different level of faith in this defense now? And, and I know we've asked this before, but how do you account for this really stark improvement? Yeah, I think health is one, one thing. Um, I, I think our front's playing well. It's a nice addition that uh, Brett Veach had with uh, Melvin Ingram. Um, and, and the guys are... You know they're, they're they're taking a lot of pride in what they're doing there, and they're they're healthy. So, knock on wood, it stays that way. But they're they sure are playing playing hard. Andy, what, what is it like for you as a coach when you know a player struggled in the past, like Dan, but you see the reaction that his teammates have when he has perhaps his biggest play of the season? Yeah, um, I, I love it. I mean, I love the enthusiasm the guys have and the love they have for one another. That's important with a team. So. Sam, you, you referenced. Uh, I'll throw it back at me, Sam. Well, uh, I was just making a statement. <laughs> 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 My question, though, is what, um, I guess is it just the history of the plays he's made for you in the past that you guys wanted to stick with a player like that? Yeah, well, he, he's a good player. And, and so he, he has a role on that defense. And uh, everything's not going to go perfect. Um, we understand that. As long you know, as long as you can still run the same way and, and uh, you know, somewhere age gets you, but some, if you can run the same way and um, you're seeing things right, then you kind of push through those things. You know, so why, why Pat came back to Pringle, you know, and, and so uh, there's a certain trust that you build up with a player known as knowledge and toughness and, and skill. Andy, a similar question about Sorensen. What told you that he was going to kept him around that he was going to make some plays to help you win some yeah, games. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, he's wired that way. I and mean, that's why the guys all went crazy for him. So they know. They know what he went through. So uh, you just knew he'd power through it. And, and, you know, you always hope that they come out on the other end. And and so we, we trusted that. When you say he's wired that way, what, what do you mean? Yeah, sure. Guys hang their head, can hang their head um, if things aren't going right, especially if it's as big as that was, uh, you know, becoming. So, um, and he never 
he didn't do that. He trusted himself. He trusted the coaches. He trusted the scheme and, and the guys around him. And um, that's not always the case. We're, we have a good locker room here, and that um, when we talk about that during training camp, or they start going through these ups and downs during the season, uh, you need that. You, you, you know, you, you cherish uh, the guys that give others support. So. We'll go last story. Yeah, just let's go ahead and look at right into our hands and squeeze, and we go, we go with it. The ball, you know, those balls are coming out of traffic, and you have a strong arm quarterback. So you got to, you got to really make sure that you you see it all the way into the tuck and into the hands and right into the tuck there. So. Kind of a follow-up to, to that. When you're dealing with players of their caliber, like a Hill and a Kelsey, who, you know, who knows potentially Hall of Famer, that type of thing. How do you weigh, like, okay, I know that these guys are going to figure this out, or you know, maybe we have to have a conversation about it. Yeah. So, um, I I don't know. I've been doing it a long time, I guess. But I mean, I, I can normally tell if uh, with these guys. Now, those guys I have a lot of time with, so um, they're not trying to drop the ball. Um, but they also need to be reminded at times. So just as confident as you are in your hands, you've got to still do the fundamental things. And um, so we, uh, I try to remind them and keep as cool ahead on myself as I can when I'm doing it. I'm here to be a teacher, and so I try to try to teach. And, and There's Coach Andy Reid on Chris Lamont's really the guy that got uh, banged up tonight. The backup corner and special teamer talks about Dirty Dan. You know, he's hanging his head and it's the resurgence of Dirty Dan. We have seen his play come back up a little bit. Now they find more of a role for him in that nickel linebacker spot. Again, he wasn't getting the job done back there. We all know that. They know that as well. That's why they made the changes with him. But he has gotten about 50% of the snaps the last two games before 35%, and then he's back up to 50% and 49%. Then, of course, he talked about the drop balls. And even though you have guys like Kelsey and Hill, it's nice to remind them sometimes to catch the football because you know that stuff drives him nuts. Turnovers, drop passes, those are drive killers for the Kansas City Chiefs. But regardless, 913-576-7610 is the phone number. Let's go to Kansas City and talk to Alex. What's up, Alex? Hey, how's it going, man? Good. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. Hey, look, I was, I was just thinking, like, you know, it's it's it, it could be a lot worse with our uh, offense playing not exactly what we're used to because you know normally you, you just kind of think like at least our defense is starting to kind of help us out in this in this type of situation because at least we've got the defense where at least like we don't have to I don't like at least we don't have to do the maintenance work on this offense. While the, while the plane is still in the air, you know? So yeah, like, or when they throw a pick, you know, at least you're like, all right, well, the defense may come up with a big stop because that was killing them earlier. You know, points exactly. off turnovers for the other team. But, you know, they turned the ball over when they had that, that pick that went through uh, Tyree Kill's hand. It was intercepted. It's like the defense made a stop, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah. So, it's, so it's like, you know, at least we have like a little bit of, bit of a backup here, like, you know, where normally like we've been so used to, the offense carrying everything at least like because at some point look i mean look back in the history of the 
of the NFL, every every great quarterback goes through these situations. And, like, we're just not used to it with Mahomes because it lasted for, what, a good three years where, you, you know, where, but you look back at Montana, Marino, they all go through these situations where different defenses start to pick up on what uh, they're – on what they haven't, on what they're not used to actually seeing. So, Mahomes is just going through that right now. So, yeah, yeah. and the drop passes aren't helping him either. You know what I'm saying, Alex? Like hey, that. Like if, if you have a quarterback that maybe going through his struggles at times, the drop passes certainly aren't helping that. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, and like we're not used to that really from Pringle, but Pringle's not not always that uh, targeted. Like he seemed to be. Uh, tonight, but also like, you know, uh, it, it really just seems like like basically we've got Kelsey, we've got Hill, then we've got, and I think it seems like Reed and the enemy are trying to incorporate D Rob a little bit because they don't really seem to have a lot uh, other options. But you know that that's good to a point, but uh, you know it's it, 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 we've got to find a little more than just. T-Hill and uh, TK. Yeah, I agree with you, Alex. Good call by you. But, yeah, I mean, what really helped was the six targets tonight between Daryl and Clyde, 88 yards. So, yeah, if Kelsey and Hill are going to be bottled up, which clearly Vic Fangio. I mean, this is a smart defensive guy with the Broncos, the Chiefs play. All right? Vic Fangio is a good defensive guy. And the Broncos defense was third in the NFL points against. And we may look at the Broncos and look at their record, and they're right at 500 now, whatever. But this defense is legit, and they've had some good wins lately. So, yes, yeah, their offense staggers around. That's going to be a problem. Well, it's not a problem with some of this talent this team has. Get into that in just a little bit. But uh, what's up, Crazy Ray? Hey, how you doing? We're doing good, Crazy Ray. I was in Hawaii for a little bit. Well, good for you. And uh, I think uh, when I got back, we, we actually talked about, remember when I was talking to you about how the defense is actually doing better? I think that's actually it. I just think that whatever, once we have the offense sucks, then the defense do better than when the defense sucks, the offense does better. It's one or the other, but the, the drops are a problem. I think maybe because in the tougher teams like Denver and the Raiders, you know, I think, you know, I see last year and the years before how we see 87, which is which is Kelsey, right? And he actually, actually when he throw it to him, he actually wants the ball. And he actually wants, you know, when he throw it to him, and he actually grabs it before all the other teams try to knock it out of his hands. Yeah, they, they've, they've been playing him tough. You know, they've been playing yeah, him, they've been hitting him in the head and, and plays, doing those things. Tough. Kelsey plays pretty tough when they throw it to him. I think we should get, if we go against the Raiders, I think we should get more of the running game going because today I, I liked a lot of what Dolphins and, and here's the thing too, Ray. Just when you think you have him bottled up, he's going to get 10 for 127 on you in a couple of touchdowns. That's the thing. Like they could break out. And if teams kind of look at the offense and say, okay, you know, maybe we don't need to worry about him so much. And they get a little bit more arrogant with the way they do defense. That's when the Chiefs can flip things. The Chiefs are waiting for an opportunity to exploit the defense. And, yeah, they, they haven't gotten it lately. They didn't get the last couple of nights. But at least the defense is playing like it is. <laughs> the last four, they're giving up less than 10 points a game. You never thought that. I never thought that at the beginning of the season. 
the way the teams are just scoring at will on the Kansas City Chiefs. And you know what? If they were playing like they were at the beginning of the season, they'd be racking up losses instead of winning five straight. But again, you got to get better. They have five games. Clear things out a little bit. But again, they get to 22 points tonight. A touchdown there was dirty dance. It's part of it. The t- this Chiefs team averaged 24 points a game in the last four games in 2019. Yes, they need to do better, especially when you get to the postseason. You're going to have to score. New England Patriots are number one in points against. You're going to have to score against that defense. Denver Broncos, though, I will say this. Going into the season, I felt that that offense of the Broncos, just the whole roster of the Broncos, is the second-best roster in the AFC. Yes, that's even over the Chargers. Albeit, Chargers have a better quarterback. I get that. But Javante Williams, that running back you saw tonight, he's not going anywhere. The kid's a stud. And then receivers and Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy. I thought they did a nice job against tonight, those guys. Noah Fant, Albert O, a tight end. They have a problem with the quarterback and head coach. Denver could be a formidable team if they had a quarterback. If they had a quarterback and just the coach, Vic Fangio's fine on defense, but him and Shermer, as far as controlling that team offensively, what they do, and I know that most of the year the Broncos fans have thrown a fit because they're not running it enough. Because you look at the run offense at Denver, and when they had Melvin Gordon healthy, they had a one-two punch with him and Javante Williams. The run offense was 14th in the NFL. Chiefs were 17th, only three spots behind the Broncos. Because they can do it, they just don't do it. They're averaging 20 points a game. Again, head coach and quarterback. Denver Broncos wouldn't lose 12 straight, and the streak wouldn't continue. I get it. Aaron Rodgers, to talk about him before the season in Denver. And who knows what's going to happen. I doubt it's going to come from the draft. Unless they can draft a guy like Kenny Pickett somehow from Pittsburgh. Can they lure Deshaun Watson? Who knows what, what his situation is going to be. Although the rumors were to Denver or Miami, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, you never know what can happen in Denver. But that's the direction they need to go because guess what? The window of opportunity for this team, yes, they're loaded, but can they take advantage of what they have? Because they've got a bunch of good skill position players. Or are they going to waste it? They just got Patrick and Cortland Sutton signed to extensions about two weeks ago. So they're going to be there for a while. Bridgewater's on a one-year contract. Yes, Denver can be a viable team that can challenge in the AFC West. They're winning despite having quarterback issues. They're winning despite their head coach, Vic Fangio. They're winning despite Pat Shermer, a failed NFL head coach, as a two-year offensive coordinator. But you look at the talent, you look at some of those wins they had, winning the big down in Dallas, beating the Chargers last week. I mean, they show glimpses. They could be a good team, but can they push you over the edge? Can they challenge the Chiefs in the AFC West? The answer is yes, but they, they got quarterback issues, head coach issues. I think there's two things that need to change with the Broncos. And right now, if you're a Chiefs fan, you just keep things the way they are. Now, what happens? One of the two will change for them for next year, but is that enough? Don't think it is. I think both things need to change, or the Denver Broncos wouldn't be on this historic stretch. The most ever a team in the AFC West has beaten an opponent 12 straight times, Chiefs over the Broncos. 913-576-7610 is our phone number. Touchdown Kansas City, next.
You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Pumpkin pie and apple pie treats are back at Andy's. Fall for them today. Tune in Mondays at 2.15 for our weekly conversation with Patrick Mahomes on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. They zone block it to the right, cut back left front. It goes to Edwards Alaire, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City, CEH with TD1. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown, Kansas City. That's right, Touchdown Kansas City with Mitch Holtis. On the calls, Touchdown Kansas City, brought to you by Tullamore When it's game time, it's totally time. Well, Denver won the toss. They take the football, even though this is not a touchdown. This is why the guy's a Kansas City Chief. Third and two here at their own 33. Just underway, Chiefs show a blitz. Pressure on, and Bridgewater will be sacked. He goes down, spun to the ground for a loss. Back at the 26-yard line, Melvin Ingram with the sack and a loss of seven. You talk about trade deadline deals to make your team better. Melvin Ingram makes this whole team better. Gets a half sack in that situation. Carries it uh, with Willie Gay. Gets the other half sack. Now, as far as the Tully touchdown of the game, brought to you by Tullamore Dew, Irish whiskey. Hold on a second. I was going to give it to Mahomes. I was going to give it to this touchdown, but I can't do it. It'll still come up in just a little bit. Third and two here at their own 33. Just underway, Chief Shaw. That's the wrong one, Hank. Long count this time by Mahomes. Noah Gray comes in motion to the near side. Mahomes turning left, steps up, being rushed. He's going to scramble, angling to the right. He's at the 5-4-3-2, angling far front pylon. Touchdown! Kansas City, a scramble of 10 yards and a touchdown for Patrick Mahomes. See, that was going to be the Tullamore touchdown of the game, but it's not. That's not it. That's a 10-yard touchdown run by Patrick Mahomes that put the Chiefs up 7-0. That came on the heels of a 12-play, 72-yard drive, taking 6-0-3 off the clock for the Kansas City Chiefs. It was Mahomes' eighth rushing touchdown as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. Believe it or not, that's third all-time. Alex Smith, between 2013 and 17, 10 rushing touchdowns. Lynn Dawson, nine rushing touchdowns between 62 and 75. Patrick Mahomes sits third all-time in rushing touchdowns for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, (laughs) I thought maybe that would be the touchdown of the game because, well, the Chiefs weren't getting many touchdowns. But it was 7 to nothing at that point, and the swirling winds. You saw how windy it was out there tonight. It still is. 56-yarder from Harrison Butker. 56-yard attempt. Butker swings the right leg through. The kick is up, and the kick is going to be hit the upright, and good! It hit the left upright, and ricochets over. It's an all-time Kansas City Chiefs record for Harrison Butker, his fifth. 50-plus yard field goal in a single season, and the Chiefs get three points out of the drive. Yeah, congratulations, Harrison Butker. He was big tonight. Fifth field goal of 50 yards or more. It's a franchise record. Matter of fact, he sits with 18 in his career. Only Nick Lowry is the record holder. Only person stands in front of Harrison Butker with 20 field goals. But the Kansas City Chiefs at this point we're up 10 to nothing. Brandon McManus would kick a 42-yard field goal in the second quarter. 
making the halftime score 10-3 Kansas City over the Broncos. Then third quarter, the only scoring of that quarter came from, guess who? Snap, little wide, Butker's kick. He lines it up and nails it. He's having a heck of a year. Big time field goal for the Chiefs to go back up by 10. So it's 13 to three at this point, and you start looking at the game and the flow. And of course, the Chiefs had the ball first in the second half. You think, okay, they're going to come down, score a touchdown, make it 17 to three, throw Denver off their kind of. I mean, Denver was just you know grinding the clock out. They had a 20 play drive that didn't result in any points in the first half, but it only made the score 13 to three. Still a football game if things break their way. The fourth quarter. Once again, it was in the swirling wind, Harrison Butker. 26-yard attempt for Butker, and the kick is perfect. A hat trick for Butker tonight. Which is impressive considering the wind. I know we make fun of Mangino for saying the word significant win a few years ago at Kansas. There really was a significant win out there tonight. So they made the score 16-3, 13-26 left in the fourth quarter. Then with 9-42, Left in the game. The Tully touchdown of the game brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. The one, the only, Dirty Dan. Snap the Bridgewater. Back to throw against the pocket. Deflected, intercepted. Intercepted by Sorensen at the 40. He's at the 50 and breaks a tackle. Sorensen at the 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Kansas City. The second consecutive year that Dirty Dan Sorensen has had a pick six against the Broncos. Since 2016, he's tied for second in the NFL at pick sixes, but that's a totally touchdown of the game. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Denver would get the last touchdown of the game to uh, put the final score at 22 to nine. Bridgewater keeps Williams in the backfield with him. They send Patrick to a right slot in motion. Snap back to Bridgewater, looking right, turns left, check down throw. It's Williams stumbling was the defensive back. It's a touchdown for the Broncos. Javante Williams, his second receiving touchdown of his rookie year, gets the Broncos in the end zone on a 13-yard reception. Again, Javante Williams going to be a stud. Can they put it all together? They have some good pieces on that offense. They need a quarterback. Javante Williams was in that backfield to Michael Corder at North Carolina. It's good backfield. But anyway, that's touchdown Kansas City brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's totally time as the Chiefs get the win. 22 to 9 tonight, extending their streak to 12 straight over the Denver Broncos. Let's go back inside that locker room now, though, and hear from uh, Patrick Mahomes, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick, um, you look a little bit frustrated there in the second half. Do you feel some frustration with the offense at this point? I know you guys like to win, but. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we feel like we're not playing our best football. Um, we have spurts where we're really good, and then we have spurts where we kind of have these – these. we're not scoring. We're not finding ways to finish drives. Um, so, definitely, as a competitor, you want to be better. Um, but I think we, you win football games, you win football games at the end of the day. And so, uh, for us, uh, if we keep winning football games, defense keeps playing the way that they're playing. When the offense, we, we really become who we know we can be. Uh, will be a hard football team to beat. Now, coming off of a bye week, how surprising is it to you that you know, I'm sure like a lot of people did do some self-reflection, self-study, and 
evaluation of tape. But how surprising is it to you that you get this kind of performance coming off the bat? Yeah, I mean, we just didn't. I mean, it's, I, I say it every week. We just didn't execute at certain positions. There was throws I didn't make. Um, uh, there, there was plays that didn't get made, and then there was penalties at inopportune times. So I mean, it, it was. We had stuff there. We had plays that were open. Um, we 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 thought we did a good job of getting stuff going, and then we just didn't finish drives. Patrick, um, can I ask you about two things? One, speaking of things we talk about every week, the, the drops. I mean, is, is there any? It's more data points, right? But any commonality that you're seeing in, in these things? Yeah, I mean, um, for me, all I can do is place have better ball placement. I mean, on some of those, I mean, they're like the one that Tyree a little, a little high. And hard, so I mean, just trying to find ways to, to make it easier on them. Um, these guys make plays. I mean, I'm gonna keep throwing the football to them. They're gonna they're gonna go out there and, and make plays happen. And uh, if it happens, it happens. We'll move on to the next play. And the second thing, it, the uprights were like shaking from the wind. It looked like uh, a few times. How much did that affect what you were doing? Were you trying to throw it harder to kind of break through that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I was trying to throw it harder, but it definitely makes the, the football move a little bit. So I mean, it, it's. Um, I mean, there was the one throw maybe to Tyreek where I had a little pressure on my face if I could somehow get it out there. Um, that, that could have been uh, the one deep down the, uh, the middle at the second quarter, I believe. So, I mean, just this stuff like that. But, I mean, you can't – I mean, we're in Kansas City. I was in Lubbock before that. So, I'm used to some wind. So, um, just kind of going out there and, and just try to execute the best you can. Patrick, I asked you earlier this week about Patrick's last game. I know you got to this evening. Did you all make a conscious decision back in the first half to not really come to the side he was on to just have a yeah, I mean, we didn't have anything like that. I mean, we just called plays. Um, we had some open receivers. They kind of they played the, the shell over the top, so they, there wasn't a lot of man-to-man situations. And um, there was just we just didn't we had drives going. We just didn't execute it long enough to, to make uh, to score enough touchdowns that we wanted to. And you also, you also a little shocked to think towards the end of the game when they called you a thing for a false start or something, and then you had some you and Eve were talking along the side under the cameras. Mm-hmm. What, what was that conversation? Yeah, I mean, I still don't know why I got called for the false start. So uh, I'll try to figure out that and try not to do that again. I, th- I thought it was pretty common of what I usually do on hard counts. Um, but uh, he called it, so you got to try to not do it again. Um, and then just, um, I mean, we, we, we kind of got put in a situation where we were trying to get in field goal range, get in our field goal, and we didn't get, get there. So, I mean, it was just uh, um, not executing the way we wanted to. We, we drove it a little bit, and then kind of like the rest of the game, we didn't find a way to put points on the board. It seemed like your uh, pocket presence was pretty sharp, especially at the beginning of the game. Are you at a point where you're feeling as strong about that as maybe you have in, in your young career? Yeah, for sure. I think I'm doing a great job of just getting better and better feel for the offensive line. I mean, those guys are blocking their tail off. They're doing a great job there. I thought they did a great job today. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm just going to continue to get better and better, but still not lose the scrambling ability that you saw a little bit in the second half. Um, so it's a, it's kind of the the give and take. You want to you know, stay in the pocket, make the throws, but whenever there's chances to make some big plays happen, try to go out and do that as well. How long did it feel like you were waiting for that opportunity to tip-toe and score the rushing touchdown? I feel like it's been a bit. Yeah, no, I haven't had a rush touchdown, I think, since the week one. So it's been it's been a while. So uh, it's uh, – it, the, it worked out where they were kind of in like a zone that matched like man in the middle there and we had crossing routes going and the, I think it was, I believe it was D-Rops had a good block on the, the guy out there in the end zone and I was able to get, get, get it across the pylon. There's been points that this, there's been times this season where guys have come to you and encouraged you. I'm just wondering with your receivers maybe struggling the way they are right now, what the message could be from you to them and, and how much does, do you try to, you know, voice versus them sort of figuring it out on their own? Yeah, I mean it's, 
I mean, we know, I think they know from me and, and, and from all of us, and they, they, it's the same towards me as well, is that we, they just have to be themselves. It's, there's nothing, they have to do extra. We have, they have the talent, they, they have the, the playmaking ability, just continue to go out there and be themselves. And I think, uh, I think, I mean, kind of like I said, I think we'll continue to get better and better. Um, we're still winning football games. Don't, we don't want to get lost in that. We're winning a lot of football games, and we're winning by pretty big margins. Um, but uh, we expect greatness from each other, and so uh, we want to continue to get better as an offense, and uh, the defense continue to get better, and hopefully create a great football team. I want to up on Nate's question. This is last six seasons. This is the first time you guys have won a game where both Travis and Tyreek go for fewer than 50 yards each. How important is it that you know you can have guys like Clyde and Daryl that have big games like this when there's games when maybe the rest of the guys aren't on? Yeah, I mean, it, you figure when you get to hopefully the playoffs and, and kind of make it try to run at this thing, guys are going to try to take away those two guys. And we'll do our best job of still trying to get them open, scheming them open different ways. Um, but guys, other guys are going to step up. And uh, this week it was the running backs out of the backfield. Next week it might be other receivers. It might be different tight ends. Um, and I, I think we have the guys to do it. We just got to continue to go out there and do it. Pat, you spoke about how it's kind of lost that you're winning, even though some things are not going your way. It, you know, it's kind of unique because the last two years you're kind of blowing everybody out. There's so much offensively, but this year it's kind of lagging offensively. I guess how do you try to navigate this, you know, moving forward and, and trying to pick back up where you can? Yeah, I think I've, I've learned kind of as my career has gone on that you can't get caught up in, like, the hype and, like, the show uh, of playing. I've been in a lot of football games where we scored a lot of points and lost. And I, I promise you when, you, when you win football games like this, it feels a lot better. Um, and so I, I think, I, I don't know if that's just kind of with experience, um, but I kind of preset to these guys when they were kind of running the ball and trying to wait, really grind the clock through. I said, don't let that affect how we play. Let's continue to just execute and go out there and get put points on the board because our, our defense is playing the way that they're playing. Um, and so you have to learn how to manage games. You have to learn how to win football games whenever it's not pretty. And I think we've done a great job of that this season. Last one, Adam. Uh, Dan Sorensen obviously plays on the other side of the ball, but did you have any advice or encouragement for him earlier in the year when things weren't going well for him? Yeah, I mean, I will, I, he was. De I mean, he definitely took some. But I mean, it was. I mean, he he makes plays happen. I mean, if you if you all, if you looked at his entire career, he, whenever there's a big moment in the football game, it seems like he's around the ball making something happen. Um, and I actually I actually told the QB room I was like, man, it seems like every division game he gets a he gets a pick six. And so uh, I would like to say I called it. So whenever he comes up here, make sure you tell him that. And that's the one thing about it. There was Pat Mahomes there after the game and. And you can hear him, by the way, tomorrow, 2.15 with Carrington Harrison. He joins him each and every week. But the bottom line is this defense with, obviously, you know, Dan Sorensen got a lot of the blame early on. Heck, everybody did. I mean, early in the season, Andy Reid was, Brett Veach was, Patrick Mahomes has certainly got his criticism. A lot of these guys have got the criticism, but yet here they find themselves 8-4, and four, tied with the best record in the AFC, although they're the four seed right now because of tie-breaking situations. But... I think this defense, you know, they get tired of hearing how bad they were. No matter when they flipped it on NFL Network or ESPN or flipped on the radio, whatever, everybody's saying how bad they were because, well, they were playing bad. And they acknowledged they were playing bad. But you know what? Instead of just talking about it, they did something about it. I mean, actions speak more than words. They went out and really they just gained the whole trust of Chiefs fans that this defense is good. Then, you know, you hear Chris Collinsworth now and, you know, now Michael's talking about this defense and how much better that they've gotten. And, you know, now people are starting to pay attention to the Chiefs' defense. Again, it was bend but don't break. The Broncos <laughs> went on a 20-play drive in this game. 
On that drive, they went for it twice on fourth down. Fourth and one and fourth and seven, got it. Fourth and two, bit them. They went to that well too many times going for it on fourth down. Tonight, the Chiefs held the Broncos to four of 14 on third down. Really the difference. I mean, they were moving the football. Put it this way. The Chiefs and the Broncos each had 10 drives in this game. The Broncos had 404 yards compared to 267 of the Chiefs. Within those 10 drives, they had 18 more plays tonight than the Kansas City Chiefs, despite having the same number of drives. They averaged 5.6 yards per play. Chiefs, 4.9. They outpassed the Chiefs, 250 to 178. They outran the Kansas City Chiefs, 154 to 89. They had seven more minutes time of possession. But the bottom line is, they couldn't score points. In the NFL, it's about scoring points. Chiefs have held their last four opponents to less than 10 points a game. That's how you win football games. And if this defense continues to play like this until the offense gets rolling, but eventually, and we've seen it once, you saw the Raiders games when the offense worked, the defense worked, and things went well. Complimentary football. Special teams was good tonight. Defense was good tonight. So two-thirds of your game plan played well. Just waiting for the offense to get going. And they're seeing everything. I guess being a little bit disappointed having the bye week and then having some of these same problems again, I think just kind of attention to detail, catching the football, because that's what's killing these drives. Untimely penalties or drops, turnovers. That's what stalls this offense. You know, a drop pass all become sudden becomes third and ten now instead of second second and one or second and two. Now you're back to ten yards because you dropped the pass. It's not taking care of the little things and an unexplained drop there by Byron Pringle. You know, Pringle's got the highest passer rating when passes are thrown to him, but he had to drop tonight. And obviously Tyree Kill dropped a couple passes tonight, and we're not accustomed to seeing that. But again, five catches, 59 yards between Kelsey and Hill on 13 targets. But they found a way to make it work because Clyde and Darrell, six catches, 88 yards on just six targets. That's efficient from those guys. Around the rest of the National Football League, yeah, the Bengals, they blew one. Well, I mean, they were down 24 to nothing. The Chargers come back, or the, uh, excuse me, the Bengals came back and the Chargers made it 24 to 22. The Chargers, or the Bengals made some stupid turnovers. Jamar Chase on a big play, bobbled the ball in the air causing a turnover, but the Chargers get the win over the Bengals, 41-22. to They moved to 7-5 and now, and this little 11-game stretch, the 11-day stretch the Chiefs are on with three games started tonight because now it's the Raiders next weekend, and then it's the Chargers on Thursday night, which Thursday night games are weird. I mean, just go back to 2014. The Chiefs are 7-3. and Raiders are over 10. Raiders found a way to win that game. That's a scary game only because it's Thursday and weird stuff happens on that. In other scores around the NFL, the Buccaneers, 30, the Falcons, 17. The Cardinals won their 10th game today, 33-22 over the Bears. Uh, the Lions got their first victory for Dan Campbell, 29-27 of the Vikings. How about the Dolphins? Five, or, uh, five straight wins for the Miami Dolphins. They went 20-9 over the Giants. The Eagles, 33-18 over the Jets. The Colts, 31-0 over the Texans. As they move to seven and six, they've blown a couple of games, or I feel they would have been a real force in the AFC. Where you can start uh, maybe thinking of them as one of the better AFC teams, but you know, these Carson Wentz looks good at times, and then he'll find a way to blow games as well. So it's hard to think Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde 
with that team. Washington beat the Raiders 17-15, to so the Raiders fall to 6-6 six and six on the season. Rams all over the Jaguars 37-7, and the Steelers, of course, get that very close win over the Ravens 20-19. Moving the Ra- Ravens to 8-4 as the uh, football gods have been smiling on the Ravens this year. Luck ran out today, and the Seahawks beat the 49ers 30-23. to Going to have a good one tomorrow night between Buffalo and New England as far as the whole AFC picture is concerned. Doesn't get much better than that as the Patriots, they were swept last year by the Bills, but they went on a stretch where they won 31-35 against that team. We'll see what happens because I think a lot of narratives will be switched to the winner of that game. If Buffalo wins it convincingly. It's like, oh, and let's not forget about Buffalo because it seemed like their whole season was about beating the Chiefs. They were the king of the hill at that point, but you know what? They couldn't hold on to it. But here come the Patriots. Mac Jones winning games a lot like Tom Brady did early in his career. Good defense, game manager, not turning the football over. Well, they parlayed that into winning a Super Bowl. It wasn't until, you know, Randy Moss got there in the offensive explosion with Tom Brady and the Patriots. This is how they won early on. So that does scare me at this point. And it's Belichick. Of course, um, when you think about uh, all-time coaching victories, he sits number three. Andy Reid sits at number five. So this is why the AFC should take a notice of this. The Belichick and Reed have their teams playing like they want to. They have they each of them haven't lost since November started. They're on a bit of a roll. The Chiefs won five straight, five straight games, and so the Chiefs and Patriots lining up. It could be the AFC title game. Nine one three five seven six seven six ten is the Silverstein Ice Center's hotline. Jay Southland Tow Service text line nine one three five seven six seven six ten. We'll hear from the Honey Badger when we come back. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Pumpkin pie and apple pie treats are back at Andy's. Fall for them today. Tune in Mondays at 730 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Pumpkin pie and apple pie treats are back at Andy's. Fall for them today. Here's Jay Binkley. Chiefs get the win 22-9 over the Denver Broncos. Which, uh, not their longest stretch as far as NFL teams. It is with the Kansas City Chiefs and AFC West. It's an AFC record, record beating a team 12 straight times. But 20 is the record. Miami versus Buffalo. See if Kansas City could continue the string on out as the Kansas City Chiefs get the win. Tyron Matthew, the honey badger. Spoke after the game. We'll go back inside that locker room. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the honey badger, Tyron Matthew. Let me guess. He'll probably uh, say something about Dirty Dan. Tyron, now you guys have five in a row. Would you say the adversity is maybe what gave you guys this I mean, success? I mean, you probably could say that. Um, I think anytime you... Um, you know, you have shortcomings or you go through adversity. Um, you you kind of tune out what's going on outside of you and you just start to believe, you know, in your teammates and your coaches a little bit more. Um, you know, maybe you could credit that to that. But um, we're just trying to play our best ball, uh, knowing that, you know, we're in December um, and this one games, uh, this one, it really counts. Why do you think the, uh, over the past five weeks, success, would you attribute to, you attribute to the fact that the defense is healthy? 
Yeah, listen, you could probably say all that. Um, I think at the end of the day, we, I think, you know, mostly it's just been a commitment to each other, just believing in each other, not letting outside noise, you know, kind of dictate the way we feel, um, dictate the way we approach this thing. Um, so, yeah, I'll just probably say it's just been a, a, a total team effort just to stay committed, you know, to, to each other. Is this what you saw, the defense being healthy, what you would have, what we could have seen, I guess, start the season with the defense would have been as healthy as it is now, is this what you, what you all expected uh, from the season again? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, you know, I think everybody in our locker room would, would, would really have probably wanted to um, start the season much better. It didn't go that way. Um, so, but we can't necessarily worry about that. It's all about uh, moving forward. Um, and then, like I said, staying committed to team. Tyron, what was it like for Dan Sorensen earlier this season? Well, yeah, I mean, he take a lot of heat, man. You know, um, so it's, it's good to see him make big plays. Um, you know, uh, like, like I know, like our teammates know, um, you know, we rely on him to do a lot. Um, and, to, and, I mean, in our eyes, he's a special player, you know, a very smart player, a player that can really do a lot of different things. And um, so it, it's good to see him kind of have some success, you know, under the bright lights. How was he able to kind of fight through what, what he was going through there and Come out the other side, I mean, Dan, Dan is a team player. You know, like I said, it's all about team. And I think if you could really focus on team, um, you know, you could kind of get through some of the, the rough patches, uh, which we all go through as players. Um, uh, but uh, like I say, he's probably he's the ultimate professional. You know, um, nothing has changed about him. Um, he still does the same thing, you know, each and every day as far as routine. Um, so, uh, like I say, he's somebody to really count on. Yeah, I mean, you know, we got a lot of good guys in our locker room. Um, we got a lot of leaders. It's not just me, you know, or Hitch. Um, we got a lot of guys that, that really want to become, you know, that, you know. Um, so, and they want that respect, you know, from Spag. So, um, you know, I could really just attribute it to everybody just staying together, staying committed, um, you know. And then the ball have to bounce away, you know, every once in a while. And we've been kind of getting that. Um, so, um, but it's good to get a win in the division. Tyron, how big was it? For them to have a 20-play drive and not get anything out of it. I mean, that's defense, though. You know, it's all about kind of weathering the storm sometimes, um, you know, dealing with sudden changes, uh, just being able to handle, you know, all those different things. At the end of that 20-play drive, they had two fourth downs on the drive. But what's it like in today's world? That know that you're going to have to deal with fourth downs. You used to be you could get third down, you think you're off the field, and that's just not the case anymore. Yeah, I mean, teams, teams still respect our offense. You know, so they don't necessarily want to give those guys another chance to, you know, to score a touchdown. So we know every time we get in these games, no matter really what the opponent is, uh, we know it could be four down territory. Can you take us through the, the Sorensen interception? What was your view of the play and how you saw the thing happen from your perspective on the field? Oh, yeah. I mean, we was in an all-out blitz, um, and uh, Dan had the running back. I guess the running back blocked. Uh, and Dan does what, you know, any smart player would do. He just found some work, you know, and the ball came to him, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. Tyron, you tweeted out a photo, I think it was Super Bowl week of Dan watching film. Do people just maybe not understand how much work he puts in? <laughs> I think people forget how hard this game is sometimes. Like, you know, you're dealing with the best athletes in the whole world, you know what I mean? And, um, but, you know, like I said, man, to see him just kind of weather all that, uh, stay committed to his team, he never changed. Um, I think that says a lot about him. Sorry, you guys, oh, uh, sorry, you guys have had a lot of success the past couple of years, even as a defense. Uh, and you always talk about the doubt. 
every now and then. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, you kind of use things as, as bulletin board, really material. But for the most part, this is all about the guys in the room, trying to believe in each other um, and just trying. I, don't, I still don't think we played our best game yet. Um, so hopefully that game is, you know, the Super Bowl. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, uh, we're just trying to keep going, man. We're trying to continue to push. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, this is a big, big stretch for us. You know, we're dealing with all AFC teams to kind of close the season out. So, um, it'll be important for us to kind of win all these games and, and put ourselves in a position where, you know, our fans can really, you know, show that show that impact, you know, in the postseason. Last one, Nate. Uh, Tyron, this is your third year with the Chiefs. In each of those years, you guys have gone on a five-game winning streak. The defense has gotten better throughout the course of the season. Um, what is it about Spags and his assistance that allow you guys to sort of get better as the season <laughs> I mean, well, I think for one, we realize, you know, nobody's really coming to save us and we got to figure it out. And then I think, you know, another part is just committed, committed to team. You know, it's all about team. It's team first, team second, and team last. And, you know, like I said, if you could keep that in perspective and find something to get better at, you know, at the end of the day, you'll be able to help your team, you know, when it really matters the most. You know, as Tyron Matthews said there, you know, <laughs> teams still respect the offense, but the minute they let up, that's what you want to do against this offense. Once you let up, and all of a sudden the offense just explodes on you. 41 points like against the Raiders game. But, of course, you know, talking about feeding off the energy, feeding off the negative energy. Nick Saban, if you watch the SEC title game, called it rat poison because everybody was, you know, dogging Bama and giving praise to Georgia, and he liked that. He liked that his team just didn't have all the bouquets and flowers thrown at their feet and how good they were, told how much that uh, Georgia was going to beat them Everywhere they looked, and he used it. He called it rat poison. Well, this team has got criticism from all over the place, and, well, there's definitely been a response from guys like Dirty Dan and from this de- from the uh, defense as a whole. By the way, I'm sitting here on the NFL Network. They're showing uh, the, uh, the Ravens. By the way, they lost Marlon Humphrey tonight, too. And it looks like for the season, according to Ian Rampapore, with the shoulder injury. I did not realize this. They showed a graphic. They have not scored over 20 points in the last four games. They've scored 16, 16, 19 in the last, uh, in, in, in 10 in the last four games. So they're not scoring. Again, they just barely begin by. Football guys are, shining, guys are shining on them. And you know what? The luck ran out today. They go for a two point conversion to win a game against the Steelers. At the end, it didn't work out for them. But anyway, that's the. That's the Ravens that's going on with them. That's a game that I guarantee you the Chiefs would like to have back as they put it on a silver platter. For the Ravens, that seems to be what's happening with that team at the 34-yard line when they turn the ball over. Dirty Dan got that 75-yard interception return. Again, he's tied for second in the NFL since 2016. With the pick six, Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs, caught up with Dirty Dan after the game. What a game by this guy. Insert nickname here, Dirty Dan, whatever you want to call him. But, uh, boy, 75-yard pick six. You had a 50-yard pick six against these guys last year. What is it about these guys and your pick sixes? I don't know. We, we seem to, um, you know, play well against Denver. Um, and uh, our defense played really well tonight. Uh, special teams gets a turnover. Defense gets a fourth and two stop in the red zone. All big in helping our team get this win. Um, and division opponent um, in December, these, these are, you know, 
you know, big games for us. The other big play it loomed was you, you hit Noah Fant and hold him out on the two-point conversion. Talk about that play. Yeah, just some communication with me in the corner. Um, he stayed up firm. I was able to get over the top. It's, it's a play that, that we uh, work on often. It's, a, it's one of those two-point type plays, and uh, we were able to sniff it out and, and make a play on it. You made the heroic play in Mexico City in 2019. That kind of propelled to something really good. But what has been the difference, because I get asked all the time, but your thoughts on why this defense has been such a big turnaround? Um, you know, I, I just think it goes to, to our personality. I think we, we play our, the best when our back's against the wall, when people doubt us. Um, it's not the first time, and it won't be the last time. And um, that fuels us. You know, uh, we've been there even in 2019. You know, um, you know that was a lot of the storylines, and, and um, we were able to play good defensive ball when it counted the most at the end of the year in December and January and headed into the playoffs. And I think just overall as a team, we're playing really well together. Um, you see special teams making some big plays, tackling had the 20 on kickoff, the, the turnover that Pringle had, and Tommy, you know, hanging the ball up. And um, when we can play uh, all three phases, uh, complementary football, playing together, unity, um, we're hard to beat. And um, I'm, I'm glad that, that we're, we're coming together at the right time. Again, Dirty Dan Sorensen, what a game that you had. You're a personification of all this whole defense. How do you stay strong mentally and physically, even when things don't go your way, going, hey, we're going to turn this? Yeah, um, I think it's a confidence and a belief that we have, um, and it comes from the hard work that we put in week in and week out. Our coaches do a great job of pushing us during the week to strain, um, to practice hard. Um, and to, to continue to build, you know, we keep talking, hey, we haven't played our best game yet. Uh, we're still chasing um, those things. You know, we've played well, yes, but uh, there's always room for improvement. And our coaches do a great job of, of keeping that fresh in our minds, of continuing to work hard, continuing to get better, um, hammering down at the details. Um, and I think we're starting to see um, that kind of come to fruition as, uh, you, you know, you're seeing us uh, play well, get some turnovers hold the points down and and get the offense the ball back Dan, I've only been in the league 28 years but I saw something I haven't seen very often or at all a 20 play 88 yard drive and no points what about you guys digging it in when you needed the most after they'd eaten up 11 minutes off the clock? That was huge, and I think it was a big part in the game um, of just uh, relentless at the end, fourth down, need to stop. Um, your defense played a, played a huge part um, in, in keeping those points low. But, yeah, it's, it's, yeah you got to dig deep and, and uh, keep those points off the board, especially when they get in the red zone and not, not give in. You've been in this league since 2014. Now to stay hyper-focused. Here come the Raiders. The AFC West is uber-competitive. What about staying focused and using this to keep rolling on with this defense and as a team? Yeah, we got uh, three straight um, AFC West uh, opponents in a row, and um, that's a great challenge for us. Um, it, it's putting it all, you know, all in our hands. We, we have control of, of our destiny, and um, we, we like it that way. We, we've got them coming into town um, in December. We, 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 you know, we're going to take advantage of, of the opportunity that, that we can be at home against a division opponent, and uh, again, uh, opportunity for us to continue to 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 build as a defense, as a team. Um, it's an important game for us. You're asked to do so many things. You got to play linebacker. You got to play sometimes corner. You got to cover. You got to blitz. What about all that is on your plate and what it takes to do that all well? 
Yeah, I think um, you know our coaches do a great job of putting guys in in, in positions um, to maximize their talent and and uh, to play multiple roles. We have um, a lot of guys, a lot of depth across our team. I don't know if you can you can tell, but we rotate guys in constantly, and so we got fresh bodies in there. Guys are flying around, they're playing fast, uh, playing physical, and, and that's just going to help us down the stretch as we got we got that depth to um, to make a good push towards the end. There's Dirty Dan with Mitch Holtis after the game and talking about that uh, 20 play drive, taking 11 minutes off the clock for the Denver Broncos. Score was 10 to 3 at that point. They rolled the dice. Fourth and one, they get a first down. Fourth and seven, first down. But then the luck ran out, fourth and two, as they were working that defense, keeping the football, converting, but they were only four of 14 on third down, but it was a fourth down conversions helped the Denver Broncos. And that was really a deflator right there for Denver. That really was the drive of the game. The fact the Chiefs did not yield any points, that's that's devastating for the Denver Broncos in that situation. But regardless, Chiefs 33-6 and six now against this division since 2015. Five games remain for the Kansas City Chiefs. Three of them against the before-mentioned AFC West. Randy Reid has had a stranglehold on, really, since 2015. Ever since the Royals won the World Series, dominating the AFC West. And that's what matters. But the Chiefs get the victory 22-9. Of course, this game is flexed. Next week, the Raiders at noon. Arrowhead Stadium before a Thursday night game against the Chargers. As tonight was the first uh, day of the 11-day stretch of three football games in between it. Thanks to Pete Sweeney, Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com, for joining us. You can hear Pete again on Tuesday at 8 a.m., Wednesday at 3 o'clock. And don't forget Patrick Mahomes tomorrow with Carrington Harrison at 2.15. Big thanks to Chief Sideline Reporter Josh Klingler for joining us. Thanks to you all for listening, and thanks to Kramer Sansone, as always, for producing the operation. See you tomorrow night with Nate Taylor.